The bell rings loud and hauntingly like rusted metal, scraping on stone. An announcement of sorts to the ears of mortals who cower in fear for what is about to come. The vessel who bears the bell lumbers out from the darkness, twisted, possessed, corrupted and hungry. A man of no soul who foolishly sold his independence for a life trapped to the whims of his creators. Those who tinker the flesh of mortal stock. Like miniatures being assembled, the masters build better versions with all manner of parts and enhancements, twisted and horrifying. They made the bell father the herald of the coming, the music that would drone into the skulls of the weak to induce heightening fear and hysteria. The creators like their fresh stock full of fear as it makes the process of altering much more ripe and delicious. He calls out now as the ground cracks and fissures with hellish red light. He screams from the pit of his lungs, announcing the demon's arrival with tormented fits of rage. His bell rings louder and harsher now. It is here. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for... The Imperial Orc Podcast. Wow, what an intro, hey? Uh, Big thanks to... uh, Big shout out and thanks to uh, my lifelong buddy, Big Was. He's also the co-host on my other podcast called Fly on the Wall Podcast. It's much ruder and cruder than this one, believe me. So you've got to have a, a stomach of steel to put, be able to put up with that one. Um, yeah, thanks to him for reading out that little monologue. Uh, and thanks to uh, Bjorn Stormborn um, for writing the little monologue. It's it's a really nice piece of work. Um, he did it uh, for my uh, my Hellgate project. So very, very thankful for that. You can find his blog on WordPress, which is under Callum Art WordPress. Yeah, you'll find you'll find him there. On today's show, episode nine of the Imperial Rebel Look podcast, I'm talking about something that's a bit tricky to navigate around, I suppose. Um, well, there's actually, it comes under two sub headings as well. I want to talk about shame. <laughs> and that's quite a quite a heavy word, I suppose, especially to use in a light-hearted hobby such as miniatures. But what I'm getting at is yeah, the two the two subheadings to that is sh- the shame pile. So we all have it, most of us have it. The and what I'm talking about is that pile of plastic or lead miniatures that need to be built and painted. So there's that aspect of shame. But the other part of shame and other subcategory, subheading, whatever you want to call it, is being ashamed of what we do. Let's tackle the the shame pile first. So as I said, you know, I, I think, and from what I can tell from social media, most people are the same. Most people are just like me and have a huge pile of models that haven't been painted, haven't even been built, haven't even been taken out of the box. Um, yeah, you, you, I'm sure you could, you're all nodding, going, yeah, and, and hanging your heads in shame because it's crazy, isn't it? Like, it really is. It's out of... It's, <laughs> it's so nutty. Like, I... 
I can't stop myself like from buying new stuff. I see something and go, oh, that's cool. And then I have the, you know, like we talked about in a couple of episodes ago, the inspiration. I'm inspired by something I've seen or something new released by, by a manufacturer. And I go, oh, wow, I could do that. And it sends me down that path to, to buy Vostroyans and paint them in my own color scheme or whatever the case may be. I always start out, which I'm sure you do as well, with good intentions. I think, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll just buy this. It's only 80 bucks. I'll buy that and I'll paint that and then I'll play with them or I'll display them or whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know, real life for most of us, real life gets in the way, not in the way, I shouldn't say that, real life's good, but, but, you know, we all work and we've all got um, commitments and kids and other hobbies and friends and blah, blah, blah. So, so there's other distractions that pull us away from our crazy little hobby. And therefore, we just add that box to the pile and go, yeah, I will get to it. And are we are we lying to ourselves? Are we actually kidding ourselves that we will get to it? Or is there some master plan that when we're retired and old and don't have as many sort of commitments or, or you know, have to do type things, that then we can do them? But then God knows, maybe we'd, we, our hands are too shaky by then or we've gone blind or <laughs> whatever, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know. These are the things that go through my mind when I look at my huge pile of shame. And I'm chipping away, don't get me wrong, like everyone else, I'm chipping away. But yeah, the balance isn't there. You know, I've got hundreds of models that I need to build and paint. And, um, you know, on the other (laughs) side of the scale, what I'm actually, what am I trying to say? So the output is smaller than the input. You know, you catch my drifts, yeah, I'm sure. Again, I'm sure you're all just sh- like nodding, but then shaking your heads going, yeah, what What the hell is wrong with us? And you know what? I mean, <laughs> let's push the blame onto somebody else because it's not my fault, damn it, um, <laughs> that I keep buying this stuff and don't do anything with it. It's the bloody, it's the manufacturers. It's Games Workshop, it's Warlord Games, it's War Games Foundry, it's Anvil Industries, it's all these, you know, all these companies that are putting stuff out. And even, there's even more companies appearing now with, you know, with the uh, the likes of the 3D printing. Um, yeah, even more companies are, are popping out of the woodwork to go, hey, if you want a castle, we'll build you a castle. Hey, if you want the Millennium Falcon, we'll give you the Millennium Falcon. So... <laughs> You know, I'm just a mere mortal. I'm not Superman. I don't have, you know, such things as willpower. Jesus. Of course I don't. So, like, (laughs) it's going to be quite controversial, I'm sure. But like any good drug dealer, the Games Workshop and these other companies, they know their market. They know. They know what we're like. They know that we can't say no to little plastic piles of goodness, you know, (laughs) they know exactly what they're doing. They're going, hey, if you want, uh, you know, the new uh, Elder, Dark Elder, then you're going to need this, this, and this, and this vehicle, and, you know, and we just, we just, yep, we're throwing our wallet at them, going, just take my money and give me the goods, please, please. Now, I had some notes written down on what we can do to combat this, but I just screwed those notes up, (laughs) because... You know, and I know, and Games Workshop know that there is no, there's no way out. We're, we're in. We're hooked, lined, and sinkered. We are addicts. We are plastic crack addicts. 
And yeah, we're just going to keep buying this stuff. We're going to keep piling it up and we're going to keep slowly, very slowly chipping away at this mountain of goodness, you know. So, and (laughs) as I said a few episodes back, if you can afford it, then it doesn't really matter. Like, yes, it's not ideal to be a hoarder, of course. And if you can't open the door to your study because it's full of boxes and plastic sprues and lead miniatures, then yeah, you need to back off and you need to find some alternative storage solutions. But we're not going to stop, are we? We're not going to stop buying this stuff. So I'm not even going to try and go into, oh, maybe we can try this and maybe we can say, okay, once a month I'm going to limit myself to $100 of spending money. That's not going to happen. Or another one I had written down, I think, was like paint, finish what you've got before you even look at what Games Workshop has released or any other uh, manufacturer has released. But we know that's not going to happen either. We know that if we're sitting there with idle hands, we're on our phones checking out what's what's been released but also we're also jumping the gun and looking at all the sneak previews and when you're on something like Instagram and you're scrolling through and admiring people's work and then bang suddenly there's like a new necromunda gang well you know we're only human so we're going to we're going to straight away go okay well I can I can probably use those bits for conversion so it makes sense that I'll buy them look This is Games Workshop talking to you from another realm. You know you want to buy more, more, more. Right, now on to the more trickier aspect of shame. Now, that is a heavy word because, to be honest, I'm not ashamed of what I do. I'm not ashamed of my hobby, but... As a 41-year-old, you know, uh, I guess manly man, tradie type person, when I tell a lot of people, people that aren't my friends, <laughs> when I tell a lot of people, oh, yeah, I'm into, like, you know, cutting up little men, gluing them back together, and then painting them, and then sometimes playing a game with them, they, I do get a lot of strange looks. I don't know if you do, but the circles that I move in, yeah, I, I, yeah, people sort of scratch their heads and like, you do what now? What is it? What? You play of toys. <laughs> and I'm very quick to say, no, 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 mate, 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 it's not toys. They're, uh, you know, well-crafted uh, miniatures <laughs> of a 28 hero scale, 28 millimeter hero scale. But you know what I'm saying, like, it's uh, it's not like I... Um, I don't know, like what's a, I don't know, what's classified as like a real tough kind of, it's not like I play American football or um, I box or I do taekwondo or, I mean, they're all cool things, but my thing is, yeah, tinkering around with little plastic soldiers. And, And as I said, I'm, you know, I'm well, well, well past feeling any kind of self-consciousness in general, full stop. Yeah, of course, when I was a teenager, there was the typical sort of teenage angst and also self, self-conscious self kind of thing um, going on a little bit. But, but you know, as a man, I really I gave up caring what people thought about me a long, long time ago. But there still is that thing of like, I even have it with my extended family where 
like brother-in-laws and father-in-law and stuff like that. I get along with them great, but they sort of look at me like, what? what what's this really dorky thing that you do, man? Like, wh- I don't understand it. And I always kind of just go, oh, it's like how, you know, people might have a model railway or something. I just kind of, you know, brush it, a- not brush it aside, but, you know, I kind of just relate it to that. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. But then when they see it, and I think because you know, as I've mentioned, I have a fungin, I have a whole room dedicated to my hobby and it's just full of stuff. It's full of bits and bobs and, um, you know, crafty items and, and lots of miniatures on display and tanks and buildings and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so when they come through it and they see it, they just sort of go, wow, we didn't realize just how dorky you are, mate. <laughs> but that's okay. That's that's fine. But I just wonder how, you know, everybody else in out in the world, if they care what people think or do they sort of feel a little bit sort of shy with it and sort of tuck it away. For example, actually this is this is a true story I'll tell you. When I first met my wife, it actually took me a bit of time before I told her, like while we were courting, took me a bit of time to actually tell her. And all I can put that down to is the fact that I was maybe, I don't like using the word ashamed, but I wasn't ashamed, but I was a little bit sort of like uh, coy with it. Like, yeah, this is another side to me. You know, she she clearly fell in love with a, a big hulking man covered in tattoos <laughs> who made her laugh and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we went out on dates and all that kind of jazz and it was all, you know, just naturally evolved into hooking up and all going well. And then it was, you know, a couple of months in that I was like, yeah, I also like, you know, yes, I play drums and I sing in a band and all that kind of stuff. But I also like to tinker with little soldiers. And she sort of looked at me like, what? Like she was really taken aback because she, I, 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 and again, I don't like to even say this, but I I guess I didn't fit the typical stereotype that people who aren't in the hobby may have about people that do our hobby. Does that make sense? Um, Probably gone the long way around about saying it, but I hope that makes sense. You know, you do tend to think, uh, you know, tabletop wargamers are pale, pasty, Coke bottle, glasses wearing, nerdy types that live in their mother's basement. You know, they <laughs> and believe me, um, I think I am that person deep down, but I also have all these other interests as well. And just like, you know, throughout history and throughout the world, there's always a stereotype. If you love sports and all you want to do is play sports and then drink beer on the weekends, suddenly you're labelled like a jock and that you must be dumb. But of course that's not the case, you know. And so so, so the stereotype is an unfortunate thing that goes with every aspect of life. But yeah, I think it's, it's our duty to break that mould. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on both of those things. So the shame pile, but also, you know, that uh, possible shame of doing something that's a bit out of the ordinary and doing a dorky, inverted commas, dorky hobby. Love to get your thoughts. So you can email me imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. You can also DM me if you want on my Instagram, which is imperialrebelorc. Uh, yeah, on Instagram or uh, yeah, contact contact me on my WordPress blog, which is Imperial Rebel Orc as well. It's the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. 
The Hobby Spotlight this week on episode 9 of the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast is on someone who I very much admire, very much respect, and very much almost see like a, uh, he could be a second dad to me. He's also not interested really in games workshop models at all. He's very old school. He paints lead or metal or pewter, whatever you want to call them, uh, miniatures. Um, he's very big on the Wild West. He's quite big on fantasy figures as well. And he's also done some uh, World War II and all sorts, really. He's, he's, he's a mixed bag. And he goes by the name of The Imperfect Modeler. Now, when I first got in contact with this guy uh, via the blog, I thought, because everyone, I kept seeing everyone was calling him Tim, and I thought that was actually his name. But then, because <laughs> I'm a bit slow sometimes, um, <laughs> and uh, what I realized is Tim stands for the imperfect modeler. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And that's actually what inspired me. He inspired me, that little factoid inspired me to call myself, refer to myself in the third person, which is always a very wanky thing to do, as Eero, I-R-O, Imperial Rebel Orc. So why is this bloke, his actual name is Dave, why is Dave like a second dad to me? <laughs> uh, well, one, he's like double my age. No, no, he's about 20 years older than me. So, you know, in the time frame, he could actually possibly be my dad. Um, but more than that, he's from England. He lives over in England. I'm from England. We share a lot of the of some very similar interests and traits, like from music to movies to sense of humor, all that kind of thing. So I feel there's quite a few people that I feel like I've connected connected with, especially via the blog, um, who I've never met. And he's up there as far as one of the blokes that I would absolutely love, love to sit down and have a pint of beer with and talk about our crazy little hobby together. So if you think that's really sweet and lovely, <laughs> then why not start a GoFund page for me? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. As I say, this guy isn't into Warhammer at all. Um, but we'll look past that for the sake of that he's a very, very good hobbyist. His, his little creations, his, well, let's, get, let's bring, it, bring it down to the bare minimum. So his painting of the miniatures is just exceptional. Like, it's so good. Like, the realism that he captures just from some oil paints on a little tiny metal miniature is just astounding. I definitely implore you to go and check out his his blog, The Imperfect Modeler. It's on WordPress. Um, yeah, you you will just scroll through all his work and just be flabbergasted at the level of skill. It's it's really something to behold. He does lots of uh, single pieces, so single miniatures on like a little podium. I don't know what you call them. Um, Plinth, Plinth, I think you call them, and he's a big fan of the old, uh, the wooden uh, cotton spiels, you know those, um, from like a thousand years ago, yeah, he'll get those, varnish them, and that's his little plinth, which I think is a pretty cool idea, and he'll have one little miniature standing on top of it, but what he does, what, one, one thing I really admire about this bloke's work is that his little vignettes, or vignettes, I still don't know how to say that word, but the, the base, just a simple base on his one miniature tells a story. It's got, it might have a bit of cobblestone and a bit of grass or a bit of weed or something like that. And it just puts you in that 
place, wherever that place might be, but it puts you there with the, the, the great workmanship with the paint and the combination with the great base really just, I don't know, it's just a, a little tiny, tiny snippet of a little life somewhere, you know? It's, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful to see. My favorite work of his though is his bigger projects. So his big dioramas that he does, he's, he recently, uh, not, not so long ago, last year, did a, uh, a world, last year I say 2019, um, you might be listening to his blog in 2027 and go, what? It, that was a long time ago, idiot. But he did a World War II setting. And what I like, well, I like it, but sometimes I get a little bit frustrated because I'm a man that likes action. I like explosions. I like a bit of blood. And I, you know, like I like, I like a battle scene in a diorama. But what I, what he does, he just sets the mood. So he has done some more sort of, um, not, not so much gruesome, but he has done some that are a bit more action packed. There's a movement in it, but what he does is like, so, so the World War II one from 2019 is just a patrol, just a patrol of troops. I think they're American troops um, going through like a, I think it was a French town. I'm just, I'm just trying to go from memory on, on this. Um, and it's like, he's got a few buildings. I think he had a, a patisserie there, um, a couple of other buildings. He's got street lamps, his cobblestone. I think from memory as well, there was a, a pond with a statue or, but, but he also does that, the lights inside the building. So his attention to detail is just absolutely phenomenal. You can look at one diorama for a very, very long time and not get bored, you know? Like, and that, that in my opinion, is a clear sign that he's very good at what he does because his dioramas bring you in. Your straight, as I sort of said about the single miniature on a base as well, a diorama does it even more so. It, it brings you into this world that he's created. And again, it's it's full of realism. Like I said, right down to that the lights will be on inside the patisserie. And he took some photos so to sort of emulate that it was uh, early morning. So obviously the, the baker's starting work because it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning, whatever they start. And then you've got these soldiers just patrolling slowly through the town. And yeah, it, it says enough. Now, of course, if it was me, you know, there'd be an execution up against the wall and there'd be blood everywhere. But <laughs> sometimes I think the the simplicity of what he does is just magic. It really is. Like I, I tend to get a bit carried away with what I do, whereas he reins it back in but still manages to capture a story within what he's doing, you know? And I think that's, that takes such skill. As I mentioned, the Wild West is one of his favorite uh, eras when it comes to, um, you know, uh, painting models. And I, I believe a lot of his miniatures come from Knuckle Duster. Um, I've got a whole bunch of Knuckle Duster miniatures as well. They're actually really, really nice. They're, um, yeah, nice details on them and, and lovely. I've only ever painted one, which I haven't shown yet. But, um, yeah, it, it, they're good fun to paint. And he, again, like he captures the mood, you know, like he chooses the, his color palette is spot on. He chooses the right color. You know, you're looking at a, a cowboy or a cattle rustler or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever character it is, but you know who you're looking at and what era it's from. And he, he just, when it comes to, um, um, the highlights and doing the hair and like even the, the gray and a beard or, but, but his, what do you call it? Piece of resistance. Is that right? Did I say that right? I'm not French. I'm not French, all right? But his eyes, when he, come, when he paints eyes, wow. Like, my mind is blown. 
the best eyes I've ever seen, hands down, the best eyes painted I've ever seen. He has actually given me, he was very kind to uh, email me and, and give me a bit of a tutorial, which I am trying to follow, but <laughs> still I need to practice because I'm still not nailing it like he does. Um, you can see the pupils, you can see the dark around the eyes, you can see, yeah, just so much detail in such a tiny, tiny little face. And as I say, I'm 41, this bloke's 20 years my senior, and he's got probably a steadier hand than me to, to paint these tiny little people with tiny little eyes. Yeah, he's got nerves of steel. Another thing I like about the Imperfect Modeler is his blog posts. Now, he's not just putting up some pictures and going, bang, there you go, have a look, have a geese. He he make, puts so much effort into his blog posts, and I really appreciate that, and it inspires me and encourages me to make sure that my blog posts are, are, are saying something and engaging with people and, and not just, I painted this, look at this, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, if that's your approach, that's fine. But for me, when I'm, when I'm scrolling through blogs, it's like a good book, you know what I mean? If the book doesn't grab me in the first chapter or two, see you later. If a podcast doesn't grab me in the first, you know, 10 minutes, then I'm done. I'm like, oh, mate, you need to pick up your game. Um, <laughs> so, so maybe a little bit fickle on my side of things. But but with the Imperfect Modeler's um, uh, blog post, I was I was hooked straight away. When I, I like to think that I discovered this guy, um, when I found him oh, probably two or three years ago now on WordPress, um, Yes, I was drawn in by the title. It might have been something diorama, Wild West diorama or something. Drawn in by that. So I had a look, looked at the pictures first, was blown away, then started to read his words and was like, I like this guy. This guy can write. He's articulate. He knows what he's saying. He knows how to say. And I also picked up on a bit of sense of humor. Now, I, for one, as you may tell, I like a bit of comedy. I like a bit of a laugh and I don't take life too seriously because, you know, we're here for a, a short, a good time, not a long time. So uh, let's have a laugh as we go along. But, um, and he's very much like that. He is, can sometimes be like play the grumpy old man, but I don't know. I see through that. I think he's just a bit of a geezer, likes to have a laugh. He pokes fun at me. He pokes fun at others. He pokes fun at himself, which I, which I think is a very, it's probably a very English thing, I'd say. He can be very, very sarcastic, which is the lowest form of wit, so they say. But then again, um, other people outside of England have probably said that. So, <laughs> uh, nah. So he, I, I can't rave about this guy enough. He's really, really cool. Um, as I said earlier, I would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer, or probably three or four or five or six or seven, and just lose count. Um, and just talk the night away. We could, I feel like we could talk about everything, much like I do with my very own dad. So that's why he's like a second dad. He's my hobby dad. <laughs> my dad isn't into this hobby at all. He appreciates what I do. But the imperfect modeler, he is my hobby dad. <laughs> I will be doing interviews on, well, I hope to be doing interviews on this podcast eventually as well. The Imperfect Modeler is definitely on the list along with quite a few others. Um, I think I've got about oh, 15, 16 people written down as, as people I'd like to uh, have a chat with on the blog, uh, on the podcast. So look out for that. 
Uh, right, what have I been up to? Um, look, to be honest, it's still Hellgate. I hope you're not getting bored with, <laughs> with my little updates. But yeah, I'm, I'm sort of uh, armpit deep in, in Hellgate stuff. Um, I've, I've recently uh, acquired some, or, you know, still waiting on it to turn up, but acquired some 3D printed um, terrain from a, uh, an Australian supplier who I hope to do a bit of a hobby spotlight on soon. Um, yeah, so looking forward to receiving that and getting stuck into probably modifying that and painting all that stuff too. Um, yeah, I've painted a couple of Rourke's Drift models, but that's that's about it really. I've been fairly focused on this podcast and also the other podcast I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, Fly on the Wall podcast with my good friend Big Woz. So go check that out if you're interested and it's very, just be warned, it's very, very dark humour. That's it for episode nine. I am doing, uh, have been for a while now, doing two episodes per week. If you think that's like too much, like this is, you know, I need to gauge from you guys. If if you're not sort of keeping up or if you're thinking, oh, it's overload, man, like just slow down, just do one a week, um, you can jam that up your ass. No, <laughs> no, no. I definitely want feedback. Like, I'm excited to do them. It doesn't take long to do the episodes because they're only half an hour roughly. Um, so, you know, like, it's it's a no-brainer for me to, to bang out two. But as a listener, I'm wondering, is that too much? So please let me know. You can email me uh, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com um, it can all be private you know I won't say oh this bastard told me never to do another podcast um, <laughs> nah you can say whatever you want you can also find me on Instagram imperialrebelorc and you can also find me on my blog imperialrebelorc that's it for episode 9 guys I hope you've enjoyed it um, I enjoyed this one I enjoy all of them but you know uh, this one I don't know stood out a little bit more than others I suppose so until, uh, until episode 10 be good to yourself You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.